Hey guys, we are bringing in that Monday energy today and we're talking about allulose because it's everywhere. And products sweetened with allulose are hitting the market from Magic Spoon cereal and Catalina Crunch snacks to Chobani yogurts and Smart Sweets candies. Even supplements contain it now. In fact, you can buy it as a standalone sweetener. But what is it made from and what actually is it? And is it safe? So that's what we'll be talking about in today's Bite of Knowledge. I get asked all the time about allulose on my Instagram because a lot of people are adding it to their coffee, they're adding it to their baked goods and recipes, especially for those in the keto, low-carb, and diabetic community or simply just anyone watching their sugar intake as we should, right? But if you've been following me for years, then you'll remember I actually did an in-depth post about this on my blog, littlesipper.com. This was back in 2017, stating that this would be an up-and-coming non-nutritive sweetener we should watch out for. Well, I hate to say I'm right, but lo and behold, it's here. It's everywhere and it's in everything. You're listening to the Digest This Podcast, and I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. Let's dive right in and see what allulose is all about. Better digestion means better skin, better mood, better brain function, better immune function, and optimum digestion can even regulate your hormones. Because when you can't digest food properly, you're not able to absorb the nutrients you're consuming. And that is where we get our energy and vitality from to combat and regulate our entire body. So you want to make sure your gut is on point, And that's why I focus so much on gut health. I get asked all the time on my Instagram what probiotic pill I recommend and if I even do recommend any at all. Well, the one I personally take is Seeds DS01. This has been in my home for almost an entire year now. And the reason I love it is, well, because one, it doesn't need refrigeration. And if you're taking a probiotic capsule that does need refrigeration, you better think twice. Because if it needs refrigeration, then how will it survive your 98.6 body temperature once you ingest it? Seeds DS01 capsule is a soil-based probiotic and prebiotic, and it's a capsule within a capsule. So there's two capsules in one. This is designed to make its way all the way through your stomach and survive your stomach acid, with studies even showing its 100% survivability rate. Seed is a pre and probiotic that makes gut support simple. Healthy regularity and an ease of bloating are just a few other common perks you may experience, some in as little as 24 hours. Each person does react differently, of course, and you can't substitute a pill for a healthy diet. When I take it, I make sure it's in the morning on an empty stomach for it to thoroughly do its job. And with their sustainable biomaterials and refill system delivered each month, they are making more of an impact on the earth beyond our own bodies. So get the real deal in a symbiotic, one that's backed by clinical trials and scientific data. And you guys know I have a code for you. So if you visit seed.com slash digest, Use code DIGEST to receive a whopping 30% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Again, that's seed.com slash digest and use code DIGEST. 
seed.com slash digest and use code digest. First, I want to address the GMO factor in allulose. So most commercially available allulose is synthetically made from corn. So to make allulose, Tate and Lyle, who are the main manufacturers of allulose, they start with corn, then break it down into starch and fructose, and then convert the fructose to allulose via an enzymatic conversion process using enzymes from a genetically engineered microbe. You got that? You following? Okay. (laughs) The enzymes, which serve as the processing aids, are not in the final product, however. So is this non-GMO. The term non-GMO is not defined under the new GMO label legislation. It's so tricky, you guys. So, however, it's claimed that it's made clear that ingredients produced with enzymes or other processing aids from GM microbes do not trigger disclosure as bioengineered foods if those microbes or enzymes do not function as ingredients in the final product. Clear? Uh, not so much. <laughs> right now, it's a moot point as Tate and Lyle, which is a, again, very large producer of allulose, is using GM corn as its starting material, which means it's not promoting allulose as a non-GMO ingredient, said Abigail Storms, who is the vice president of the sweetener platform of innovation at Tate and Lyle. So is allulose considered natural? Well, Abigail Storms was asked if allulose is natural and her reply was, and I quote, as there is no legal definition of natural on a food label, there is no definite answer to that question, end quote. But then she added again, and I quote, we do say that allulose is not an artificial sweetener. However, as it exists as a molecule in nature in fruits and figs and raisins and other things, although we don't extract it from those sources as that would not be commercially viable, end quote. So she's basically saying, yes, allulose naturally occurs in certain fruits in nature, but we don't extract that from nature in our product. So just to put it in simple terms here. So in other words, including allulose in a product stating no artificial sweeteners is probably a safer bet than adding it to a product characterized as all natural. Although labeling choices ultimately rest with Tate and Lyle customers. That's what she said. Okay, guys, we haven't even gotten into the side effects of allulose, but the fact that the people in the industry are dancing around questions and beating around the bush with long, confusing answers is a huge red flag. Yes, allulose does occur naturally in small amounts in wheat, figs, raisins, maple syrup, and molasses. First identified in the 1940s, it was found to have about 70% the sweetness of sucrose and interestingly, unlike other sugars, was not metabolized and passed out of the body unchanged. This raised interest in the compound as a potential non-nutritive sweetener, but at that time, isolating it from natural sources was not feasible. Then in 1994, a guy from Japan found a way to convert fructose to allulose using an enzyme. And since fructose is readily produced from corn, the commercial production of allulose became possible. 
Studies in humans showed that indeed it was poorly absorbed and did not raise insulin levels. But it did to some degree inhibit the effects of enzymes in the gut that normally break down starch and sugar. As a result, these pass into the colon where they are fermented by bacteria and the products of such fermentation can cause abdominal discomfort, flatulence, and diarrhea. And in 2012, a Korean producer of allulose petitioned to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to categorize the substance as generally recognized as safe based on its occurrence in nature and no significant side effects expected when used as a sugar substitute in doses intended. The petition was accepted and since allulose is absorbed and metabolized differently from other sugars, the FDA also exempted it from being listed as an added sugar on food labels. This opened the way for allulose to be marketed as a bulk sweetener and to be used as an additive in pastries, gum, candies, ice cream, beverages, yogurts, and cereals, etc. But get this, you guys, allulose has not been approved in the European Union or in Canada. Under Health Canada's food and drug regulations, it is regarded as a novel food ingredient since it has a limited history of use in food. Novel foods must first undergo a pre-market safety assessment before they can be sold in Canada. Some studies even suggest that pathogenic bacteria in the gut could potentially metabolize allulose. In other words, this means that pathogenic bacteria in our gut could favor allulose as a source of energy aka feeding the bacteria, the non-good bacteria. And according to a 2021 review, so this is very recent, some cell culture studies show that certain opportunistic pathogens such as pneumonia, for example, are able to use allulose as a substrate. Another study investigated the possible side effects of allulose and researchers found that increasing doses of allulose were associated with abdominal side effects such as bloating, abdominal pain, diarrhea, flatulence, nausea, and reduced appetite. Everyone that I have spoken to and talked to via online or in person in real life have also expressed just pain after eating different things containing allulose. And again, if you are a low carb diet person or if you follow a keto diet and you're watching your sugar, et cetera, and you opt for these keto cereals, these low carb snacks, and it most likely will have allulose. And that may be the cause of why you don't feel so good after you eat them. Maybe you're bloated, maybe you have cramping, bad abdominal pain, depending on how much you ingest. And some people are more sensitive than others. So just be aware of that. And I mean, obviously no one wants even the smallest digestive discomfort. And to risk that for a no sugar treat is kind of stupid if you ask me. I'm just going to say it. Like, why not just make a treat without allulose or any sugar substitute? That's how I do it. And if I want to sweet anything or sweeten anything, I, I just add honey, bananas, dates, or even coconut sugar. Your body knows what to do with real whole foods. Even if those whole foods contain a little sugar or even a lot of sugar, I have never heard of anyone getting fat from eating fruit. <laughs> and yes, too much fruit sugar is not good for you, but too much of anything is not good for you. Even water, Yes, you can actually drink too much water and that can have negative side effects. 
I also just want to point out in general, like just keep in mind, the more sweet foods you eat, regardless of how they're sweetened, the more you'll crave them, even if they're sweetened with allulose or stevia or monk fruit or whatever, a non-nutritive sweetener, you're going to crave more sweet things. That's why just, for example, in a lot of my dessert recipes, I don't even add zero calorie sweeteners or sugar at all, just because I know that it's just going to make you crave more sweets. And personally, I've just trained my taste buds to appreciate real food. And even if there's a little banana or a tiny bit of date, I mean, honestly, even strawberries are super sweet to me. So if I add that or blueberries into a recipe, like that is sweet enough. And the chocolate I eat for the most part is 100%. There's no sugar in this chocolate. And I eat, I probably eat about, okay, this is embarrassing. I probably eat about a half a cup of chocolate a day throughout the day. Like I put it in my morning coffee. I add it to like my smoothies. I mix it in. Like anyways, I'll digress there. But the chocolate that I eat is there's no sugar in it. And I think it tastes delicious. It is lush. So learn to train your body, train your taste buds to appreciate what food is actually supposed to taste like instead of just sweet, 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 sweet. So anyways, I hope that this bite of knowledge was insightful. Share it with your friends and family. If you know someone that eats allulose all the time or having digestive issues, please share it with them, post it on Instagram. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you would uh, love to just give a rating and review, send me a message on Instagram. Let me know what you thought. I always love and appreciate you guys and I love your support. So thanks again. And I will see you this Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first.